Going Greyhounds for your daily update of the latest news and tips. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Going Greyhounds for Tuesday, December 13, as we chat all things greyhound racing for the next 30 minutes. To kick off this week's show, we're going to rewind the clock back to last Thursday and listen to good old Emma taking up the megastar at Dapto. And they're racing. Yuko Girl began well down on the inside. Good odds, Emma out fast. And the favourites, they go toe-to-toe into the first turn. Up there to third is Coast Model a length away. Fourth on the rail is Fatherick. They're followed next by Lock and Varlona. A gap punter's bandit. Forever thankful and on the bus. Off the back straight and it's good odds Emma. She's taken the lead from Yuko Girl. They're two lengths in front of getting up on the inside. Lock and Varlona. They corner. Good odds Emma's drawn to the lead. Flashing late the inside. Lock and Varlona. But it's good odds Emma to win the biggest star. She beats Lock and Varlona. Third Yuko Girl. Fourth punter's bandit. Getting a brilliant home. win there by good odds Emma in the megastar. And a nice call by Maddie Jackson who of course part owns that girl. And we are now joined by Joe Lenotti who uh, is the, uh, the manager director of the Greyhounds HQ Syndicate or the Punters HQ Syndicate to have a chat about that win. Good morning to you, Joe. Good morning, Kat. How are you? Very well, thank you. Look, it was a brilliant win there. She looked boxed to win, but they've got to go out there and do it when it matters most, and she certainly did, didn't she? Yeah, you'd love to run a lot of races on paper. Uh, fortunately for us, it worked out that way, and she jumped well enough to be close enough to Yuko Girl, and, and then it was race on, as Maddie Jackson described through the catching pen cat, and uh, and fortunately for us, we just got the better of her late. Gee, she's a beauty, you go, girl. Uh, makes nearly every final, and she tried to guts out. She was so hard to get past, but uh, for our for our sake, uh, we were lucky enough to get the bulb late, and, um, and we're, we're group one for our owners. And take us through the journey with this girl. She's only a new acquisition to the kennels, uh, yourself and, and Andy Borderoff, um, Frank Hurst. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, about, oh, don't quote me, five or six weeks ago, uh, we when we got her, we, we said to everyone that we were going to target the Dapto middle distance 600, the 25,000, and then we'd roll into the mega star and then a pause of thunder. Now, it's all good and well to plan that, but for it to come off, and she nearly stole that middle distance race, uh, obviously Corborn Magic, but I think he's the best star in the country. And uh, So we ran second there, and then we backed up in the mega star. Her run in the, in the heat was ridiculous and then obviously got the job done in the final so sometimes plans come off and, and we've got a, a heap of new owners uh, for first-time owners into her cat which is uh, I think fantastic to grow the sport. Yeah as you're mentioning there Jason Lincoln I know he was keen to go again when you when you guys acquired her and she was um she's she's done a great job of getting new people involved of course Maddie Jackson's involved Brittany Graham and Jared Daffy who's not been well I know all four of them got a massive kick out of kick out of the win on Thursday night, Peter O'Neill as well. I guess from your perspective, why is it so important to bring these people in? I, I know that, you know, not all of them own a 10% share. Some of them might only own a 1% share, but they all get a massive kick out of it, don't they? Oh uh, Yeah, definitely. I, we just want to attempt to grow the sport like everybody else. We love it and uh, we're, we're all we're all having fun and I just want to get as many people in. Yeah, we, I mean, we certainly don't go as low as 1% by any stretch, sort of 2.5%. There's only 13 owners in good odds, Emma cat contrary to um popular belief but uh, i just think it's i talked to craig and then to jason lincoln about it after she made the final and she was our 46th group one finalist um we got the biggest thrill ever when we made our first one and we just thought it's a perfect time to introduce some other people to the sport imagine if we get some guys that are fairly high profile that could jump in and line up straight away with a favorite in a group one what that could do for our sport and then we, obviously, thanks to Wiz, got the likes of Ryan Pappenhausen, Peter O'Neill, Jason Grimson, 
Brittany Graham, Corey Smith from the Meadows, Jared Daffy. Uh, shout out to Daff too. Hope his health is well. Uh, and I just think off the back of what those guys can do and experience that, and thank goodness that she won, oh, I just think it's great for the game, isn't it? There's no negative. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess it's something unique as well. I mean, a lot of syndications have tried buying performed greyhounds, but it's something unique in what you guys are doing, that you're giving this experience in these top-line greyhounds. You're not mucking around with, I mean, no disrespect, but Ballarat or, or you know, low-grade Tier 3 greyhounds. Um, to give people the thrill of racing in these big races, it's just a unique experience, isn't it? Yeah, we, we haven't even tried the pups at any stage. I, I think everyone's just too impatient, similar to the horses. You know, Australia want to get two-year-olds, don't they? They're not interested in stayers because we just want to race yesterday. So for these guys that just brought in, they, they dead set race 48 hours after purchasing a greyhound. Now, um, yes, it's transitioned into racing better dogs now. Probably four years ago when we first started, four or five years ago, we were racing uh, at, say at Wagga or Tamora or, or the Gardens or Maitland, but it's just it's built with with trust, with results, with relationships, and uh, now we're we're at that stage where I think we may have had thirty or forty dogs at one stage. Now I think we've got six racing in Australia with maybe two or three out injured, and it's a little bit of a boutique style kennel at the moment. Great link with the lords and the owners, and they like racing in these big races. So yeah, at the moment uh, it works for us, Cat, and we're going to continue to do so. Now, Emma was in the, on the quick backup. She went around in a heat of the Christmas gift at Wentworth Park on Saturday night. First of all, what did you make of the run and box one in the final? Yeah, well, just hats off to Jodie Lord. They just do it too well. They did it with Corbore Magic in the Bolt Trees 48-hour backup. Uh, I actually thought the kennel mate was even better. Coast model, wasn't she amazing? Mm. Uh, good odds, Emma. As, as we said to the owners, we just had to run top four. That was the main goal, and she did that. I thought she came again well on the line. Uh, she'll have a really easy week off the back of that. Uh, the two races at Dapdo and Wenny, and, and she's drawn the plum draw box for number one. Uh, it's a tough race, obviously. Christmas gift, 25,000. Zipping Novak, he went like a Learjet last week. And if he jumps like that, he's going to be the greyhound to beat. But I was very impressed with Coast Model. Uh, I thought, I think she's going to be a major player in a race that's devoid of a lot of pace. So if Emma can jump well and put herself there, I think the owners are going to get a really good run for their money in a Christmas gift. Yeah, and it's it's odd to say that, you know, a, a great race that it's going to be at Wentworth Park, that's not going to be your main attention on Saturday night because, of course, we go down to the Meadows and you've got She's a Pearl engaged in the Phoenix, um, also drawn box one. Uh, hats off to Wiz for, for selecting the good box there on uh, on Sunday morning. Uh, what do you make of the draw for her? Oh, it's perfect, isn't it? It's everything we wanted. She's, she's ready to go. We've had... We've probably had excuses since the Million Dollar Chase uh, with Jodie and Andy. There's always just been something, a niggle. We've had to rush her through for the second MDC or we've gone to Melbourne, but we had to go first look for the shootout. Then that pouring rain, torrential weather for the Melbourne Cup heat. I know that was the same for every dog, but there's just always been something where there's nothing now. She's She's been with Anthony as a party for a couple of weeks. She trialled really well. I think 5.02 to the mark uh, on trial day. They all tell me that was a sub-five run. She's just ready to go. She's come back to the, to Jody's now. She's been there for oh, just over a week. They're very confident. We wanted a good draw. We've got it. There's just zero excuses here. We, I know that they're not the biggest fans down there, the Mexicans of her. They they don't rate her for whatever reason. But I reckon I reckon we're ready to prove them wrong and show them just how good she is on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we saw her in such devastating fashion during the you know the Golden Easter Egg and the first Tab Million Dollar Chase earlier this year. As you say, nothing's gone right for her since then. Um, she's trialled really well, but are you confident that she's ready to 
to go back to that? Yeah, yeah, we do. And not so much what my opinion is. It's more what Jody and Andy's, uh, what their opinion is. And, and, and they believe so. She had a really good long box-to-box with Anthea as a party uh, last trial at the Meadows. And, and even Anthony called me and um, he, he was oozing confidence. He just said, they just don't trial any better than that. That first split into a really big headwind. If she replicates that, she will just be leading. And that they expected to run every bit of 29.5 at the Meadows. If that's the case, obviously petrified of Emron Boy. He is just absolutely airborne. If he gets the right run, he's going to be very hard to hold out. But she's a pretty hard girl to get past Cat when she finds the front. And as I said, there's no excuse. She's ready to rock and roll. We're so excited. Uh, box one, it maps as a, a tricky little race on paper, though. Patty wants Pats in the two. Um, what do you make of the shape of the race? Obviously, wow, she's fast, the defending champ out in box six. I like it. It's Patty will run fairly straight. Uh, El Dorado, he, he won't crash over. So there's a bit of cover there. I think, obviously, the, the scratching has hurt us with plaintiff, but that's not important. It's more about plaintiff's health and well-being. And I'm told he's been operated on and he'll be okay, which is great. Um, but him coming out, I thought he could have potentially put a lot of pressure on Emron Boy. So as if he Tesla comes in, although he jumped well the other day, he generally doesn't show a lot of pace. So uh, our best result would be Emron Boy doing what he did the other day, Cat, and probably going 5.04 to the mark. If that's the case, there's every chance he's, he's three or four deep and he, he could cop a little bit of uh, interference. If he comes out and runs his 5.15, there's every chance he flops to the fence and gets the gun run. So petrified of him, but I think the map allows us to roll forward, find the front, and if we can go five dead, 17.55, and we run our, our 29.55, 29.60, uh, gee, you can't give us too much of a start if everything goes our way. Yeah, there's going to be plenty of people, particularly up here in New South Wales, cheering her on. And finally, I guess it'd be remiss of me not to mention that you guys have partnered with Tab. Uh, they're the slot holder for her. From your perspective, why was it so important to go with a, an organisation such as the Tab? Oh, very reputable. Uh, that, that's the main part. And then obviously some of our owners that are, are linked with the TAB, so that made it uh, a little bit easier. I've dealt with exclusively with Brett Boyd throughout the whole process and EG is a fantastic guy it's been it's, it's been simplistic cat to be fair um, we're really happy the transition um, from yeah from contracts to negotiation to the function that we're going to have for all of our owners the whole lot's been perfect they're putting on a really big do down there and we're, well, I think we're going to lob with about 65 people uh, and, and they're all going to be very well looked after from the meadows but especially the TAB so I think it's great you've got the highest stakes earner in history racing for the TAB who have some of their employees that own her. Uh, I think it's fitting. She's come up with box one and she's the favourite. What a great marketing campaign for, for the tab, for Greyhound Racing and for everyone involved. Well, it could be a massive night for Punners HQ. So good luck this weekend, Joe, and uh, thanks for joining us on Going Greyhounds. Thanks very much, Kat. Appreciate all the messages and support. You have a great Christmas. Yeah, you too. That was Joe Lenotti from uh, Punners HQ chatting about his girls uh, this Saturday night. We're going to have another quick break and we will chat to Alan Hilsinger on the back of the break. On Sky Sports Radio, let's get back to going greyhounds. Racing, good odds, Emma left. Will MacIbrock showing speed, going forward, simply limelight and out deeper on the track, Showman Jack showing speed, then Fat Boys Dreamer. Getting back in the field, then came zipping Orlando was zipping Alabama, going past them. Nagarachi into the back day. Mac Ibrox led the way by about two lengths now in second. Simply Limelight, good odds. Emma back to third, then Fat Boys Dream and zipping Alabama headed the remainder down towards the bend. Simply Limelight getting up along the inside, race to the lead. Simply Limelight, good odds. Emma late, but Simply Limelight wins from.
Tom, Zipping Alabama and Good Odds Emma. Then came Mac Ibrox. That was simply Limelight winning his heat of the Christmas gift on Saturday night at Wentworth Park. We're now joined by Alan Hilsinger, the CEO of the New South Wales GBOTA, to discuss the big night they've got coming up at headquarters this Saturday night. Alan, good morning to you. Good morning, Kat. How are you going? Matt Jackson's taken an upgrade. <laughs> Had the day off. He's got his uh, little fella's graduation ceremony. He's getting a, a nice little award, so he's ducked off to, to uh, oh, celebrate fantastic. with him. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Um, first of all, talk us through the field that you've got there for the Christmas gift. Two really good heats there on Saturday night. The club must be uh, over the moon with the quality of the field. Stoked. Honestly, Kat, I look at that field and I've looked at it a number of times since that box drawer and to think that you know, a dog like Zipping Kyrgios may not even be um, in the top three or four for favouritism is just insane. Having um, having that calibre of dogs in the Group 3 final, we really are. We're stoked. And, of course, you've also got the Christmas cheer, which is for the stayers. A little bit of a unique twist on it this year. Do you want to explain to everyone how you went about selecting the field? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, we looked at the Christmas um, gift and the Christmas cheer and how we wanted to change them up. And traditionally they've been, you know, we've seen a few different things from match races through to four dog fields. And we really wanted to put a star started lineup for both um, events together. So we decided to do an invitational. So we engaged some media personalities to work with us on, um, on the invitations and who we'd invite and what order we'd invite. And in the end, we finished up with a sensational field of, of eight dogs there and, the box draws made it even more interesting, I think, um, the way it's worked out with Callball Magic um, out in box eight and just where where Callball Magic is going to get early. And Bunga Ruby, Moraine Susie, two of the best dogs in Victoria going around. And two of the best Queensland dogs are coming down for it. So I think we're in for an exceptional night with both of those group, group three races. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it's going to be a massive night all around. There's 11 finals there, minimum $10,000 on offer for each of those races. Talk us through some of the other events you've got on store. Oh, it's exciting. And GRNSW, I have to give a um, big shout-out to those guys. We talked to them about the Christmas gift, and obviously the Phoenix is on down in Melbourne, and it's getting a lot of the attention there, and, and rightfully so, million dollars for the winner, etc. And what we wanted to do was have a card that actually complemented that event where people were coming to Wentworth Park or if they're betting on Wentworth Park or watching Wentworth Park at home even, that they had not just the two Group 3s but a whole entire race program. So every race is $10,000 for the winner. We've got the Christmas Dash, which is the inaugural running of that, uh, over the 280 metres, which will be brilliant. Um, those heats were uh, exciting. I, I watched a number of those heats and um, dogs like Bar Moose and Bob's Way, uh, Bindi, I, I think that we're going to be in for a really, really exciting dash there. We've got the maiden final, 10,000 for the winner. The other thing that we did was we wanted to just see what the demand for the participants was in different races. So we had the bitches only, fifth grade heats, the dogs only, fifth grade heats, which we had an uh, awesome flow of nominations. We start, decided to do some different challenges where we had Dapto versus Gosford being called the North-South Challenge and engaging not just GBOTA tracks, but tracks that are non-GBOTA tracks and working in there to bring those dogs and give those dogs a chance to um, to come into the city as well as the uh, West Country Challenge as well between Dubbo and Gunnedah. Yeah, it's going to be a great night. Do you want to talk us through anyone who's thinking about heading out to Wentworth Park on Saturday night, what else they can expect to see out on track? Yeah, really excited. We're, again, looking at it and saying on the track is going to be one of the best nights we have as far as the depth of the racing. And we wanted to um, make it a great night out just for both adults and families. We've got Santa coming, so not only Santa coming, but not just there for a little wave and hello. He's actually going to be there for photos and 
We've got the, gray, the Gap Greyhounds who are going to be there with Santa as well. So if people want a photo with Santa, they may want a photo with the Greyhounds and Santa. Uh, those kind of things as well. Uh, we've got a lot of little activities for both the kids and the adults. We've got uh, Christmas baubles that we'll be giving away where everyone can come in and get their own little baubles with a Greyhound on them and put their own name on them. We've got face painting. Uh, we have a DJ. We've got um, a food truck there. We've got a Christmas buffet as well, which is um, still, we've still got a few seats available there in the Christmas buffet, which is a array of great food up on level one in the um, in the terrace up there where we host a lot of our VIP events. So we're going all out, not just on the track, but off the track. And I can guarantee that anyone comes out will be a, a fantastic night. Gates are going to open at 4.30. The activities will start a little earlier. And then the first race will be around about 6.30. I guess it's also going to be a great chance for people to look back and celebrate what has been a massive 2022. We've had two tab million dollar chases run at Wentworth Park this year. Your first year is the CEO of the GBOTA. How would you like to reflect on the year? Yeah, oh, fast paced. <laughs> Everyone says to me, how's the first six months been? And I said, on one hand, it feels like we've done things that have, you know, it's been three or four years worth of work, but at the same time, it only feels like I started yesterday. And I've really enjoyed it, Kat, um, so far. Most of my time has been really spent in um, working the relationships and, and making those subtle changes. And we've got some massive plans in, in 2023. And Ladbrokes, we're, we're working a brand new partnership with Ladbrokes, which is going to see some really cool innovation in some of the things we do and some of our events. We've got a brand new events person starting at the start of January um, as well. So a lot of really exciting things that I think will be well received by the participants uh, for 2023 and you're right it's been a, a big big year and it just never feels like it stops and I think that's greyhound racing and that's probably the participants can um, can certainly feel that way as well because they don't stop they don't get a holiday they don't get a break so, so we're looking forward to being out there and celebrating with everyone um, in whatever capacity. Well hopefully a, a few quiet weeks over Christmas before you get into three group ones in early January but uh, best of luck this Saturday night hope it's a great one. Thanks Kat really appreciate it. That was Alan Hilsinger, the CEO of the New South Wales GBOTA. We're going to have another quick break, and on the other side, we'll t- uh, chat to Shane Stiff. On Sky Sports Radio, let's get back to going greyhounds. Racing well, she's fast, was fair, good speed out from Schick, but Patty's going to lead easily. Patty wants Pat's won the start, won the race of the lead. Well, she's fast, was checked to the rear. Patty's out by five. Second of all was Zipping Lopez. On its outside was Schick. Deeper then was Vala Bale. Behind them was Panadero Warrior. Then Black Sail. Wow, she's fast as last. But Patty, Patty wants Pats as eight in front. Trying hard was Zipping Lopez. But Patty's going to get all the Pats tonight. Patty wants Pats win. Second home, Vala Bale. Third in was Zipping Lopez. Ahead of Black That was Patty wants Pats winning a heat of the Melbourne Cup. And we're now joined by Shane Stiff, part of the Zipping Keeping Syndicate, who uh, have a slot in the Phoenix and have secured that Greyhound. Shane, good morning to you. Good morning, Kate. Good morning, listeners. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. It must be a, a great kick along to get a dog like him in a, in a race like the Phoenix. Yeah, it's, um, it's well, the build-up's really there now that we've, we've got the dogs in there in the box drawer on, on Sunday morning. But uh, the build-up from the whole time that we got the ticket has been real good. Um, myself and Marty and Glenn, uh, we were hoping for a, a keeping dog me first or a zipping dog, but they all fell by the wayside. And then uh, talking to the different trainers and, you know, throwing all the names in the hat and, and, and that was, 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 was a bit of fun, a bit of excitement. And then uh, settling on Paddy Wants Pats has been real good because uh, Brett and Kelly are real good friends of mine and, and train our, our dogs. And uh, we feel like we're, we're all part of the team and can't wait for Saturday night. 
You've got a great association with Marty Hallinan, who, of course, has all the zipping dogs. Talk us through the two of you guys joining forces to go into the Phoenix together. Yeah, we put in a bid last year when they had a whole lot of uh, applicants and uh, they said we just missed out. And I actually said to them, I said, you're not doing this like the Everest. I said, you've got to get the breeders, especially the big breeders and trainers involved. I said, all the corporates, I said, they'll fall by the wayside, which a fair few of them did. And uh, lucky enough, we put one in this year and got a slot. And they said, we were hoping, like, Marty's got Maserati back and would have been nice to have him in or, or old Kyrgios or, or something, but they all fell by the wayside. And, and keeping we've only got sausage dogs at the moment. So uh, <laughs> we looked elsewhere and uh, we've come up with Paddy. And he's a high-class animal, of course. It's been a great turnaround by the Bravo team to get him back to where he was. He, of course, went amiss in the uh, the Perth Cup earlier this year. And a back muscle, normally you don't see dogs like him return to their absolute best at the top level. Um, so a great training effort by them, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Kelly and Brett are very, very good trainers, very astute. Uh, he didn't do it real bad, which was a good thing, and... Brett had him moving straight away. I know he'd done a lot of swimming and a lot of rehab with him. And uh, he spent a bit of time here at home over over the last couple of years. He's come up here for a couple of big races and uh, and that. So, it, it, it said, it's very, very exciting. Like, there is a million up for first and uh, we're getting a big, big chunk of that. So, uh, it's kind of like we own the dog for the race. And there's plenty of speed engaged in the race this week. It's an, it's an amazing field assembled for it. He's got box two. What do you make of the field drawn around him? How do you see it playing out? Kat, um, I've done more tapes and more videos of this race than I do on anything. And uh, the box draw was near on perfect, like um, swap with She's a Pearl or not. But plaintiff out now zipping Tesla uh, into the five. Um, I think there's really only three dogs that can win it. Like Patty, I'm hoping it's hard to beat. Then, then She's a Pearl. Amron Boy, and then Zipping Tesla's probably fourth pick. Uh, will Noel's fate in the first five strides. Uh, Patty's got to jump and lead. She's a pearl. Hopefully she runs a bit of cover. I can see a bit of scrimmage and checking. Patty shoots 10 in front and wins. <laughs> you know, that's that's what we're hoping. I don't give any of the outside dogs. Wow, she's fast trying and Bell McKerney. Mate, they could start from the catching pen and wouldn't beat the others the way they're boxed and that. And these big races, they're all very, very, very good dogs, but you've got to draw good, you know. Um, and all the speed's in one and two now. Um, if M, you don't want him on boy up your backside, she's a pearl or Paddy. And you still don't want, wow, she's fast, straight there. But just the way they're all boxed now, the box draw's done none of them outside dogs any favour at all. We haven't seen him since the final of the Melbourne Cup. What's been the reports from the camp? How's he been going and um, how, you, well, how how are they happy with him going into the race? Yeah, mate, everything is... is He's not 100%, he's 110. Um, um, I talk to Brett most days. We chew the fat over something. And then uh, he was better than Bruce after the box eight run. And he gave him an easy three or four days and a couple of slips. And uh, his last couple of trials have been at the Meadows and, and they're as quick as he can ever run. Um, he has broken five seconds a couple of times there, uh, and he'll have to on Saturday night. He's got to break five seconds because if he don't beat Cheese a Pearl out, well, he won't be winning either, you know. A lot of people say that, you know, going into these big races, you want the dogs that have been racing week in, week out, and I guess Amron Boy fits that bill, but there's a lot of dogs in there, such as Patty, She's a Pearl, Wow, She's Fast, that are a little bit more selective when they start. They only send, sort of drop them in for the big races. Um, how do you think that's going to affect it? 
Oh, it won't affect them. They're, there's not a dog in the race that hasn't got a very, very good trainer. They're all good trainers, and you know the the lords and 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 all that. There and and Kel Green, they're all targeting these races. Uh, I know where she's last slipped at that Sandown flew on Sunday. You know, so did El Dorado. His trial before that was at the Meadows, and 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 I spoke to Andy. I wanted she's a pearl. Um, and, and me and Andy talked a fair bit in the lead up to this, but then the, the tab come in and offered a lot more than than we could, and we got a billion times more than we got anyway. So uh, Andy went that way, and 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 even you know, um, um, Sippy Test. I was talking to Tom and George Daly. I, I would have liked to had him too. You know, um, I said eight dogs, and as you see, to say you know any dog can win it. Good luck or bad luck either way can affect any dog in the race. But just the way the box draws fell, she's a pearl. Paddy wants Pat's Emron boy. It's, you think one of them are going to get the cleaner, better run. Well, it's going to be an amazing final and no doubt very exciting. As you say, it feels like you own the dog. So best of luck, Stiff, to yourself and Marty, and uh, good luck on the weekend. Yep, no, we, we can't wait. Uh, thanks a lot, Cat Tup. That was Shane Stiff, who has Paddy Wants Pats in the Phoenix on Saturday night. Another quick break, and then we'll have a chat to Jason Lincoln. On Sky Sports Radio, let's get back to Going Greyhounds. Welcome back. We're now joined by Jason Lincoln to have a, a quick chat about the markets for this week's feature racing. Jace, good morning to you. Hello, Catherine. This must be the highlight of your life. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. I had a... Uh... <laughs> Oh, God. We'll get straight into it. Uh, Hobart 1000 on uh, Thursday night. Fernando Mick is the favourite and was the fastest qualifier last week. Uh, what do you think of the Hobart race? Yeah, look, I just in fact, just crunching down on a few of the early splits then, um, I think it's his race to lose, to be fair. I know the red went a little bit quicker to the mark the other night, 9-9 fly, but as a rule, he's not always that reliable a beginner and um, you know he's got Jebediah rip away and Isarava drawn outside him. The three and the four shouldn't bother him too much I guess there's a bit of pace from out wide but uh, look I think this is, a, this is a good race for him Fernando Mick it'll be well deserved group one for him that's for sure. It'll be fitting for him I know Dave Gill was pretty keen to get a run in the Phoenix and just missed out there so how often do you see that kind of kind of thing happen where they miss out on a run in one race and then they go on to win another? Yeah and he's absolutely blessed isn't he too D Gill. Um, He's had some success down there. He's won a Lonnie Cup and he won another race with one of the bitches. So, um, yeah, if he could win this, it'd give him two of the three majors down there. And the Laurels is also on Thursday night. It's a really open race. There's plenty on the double figures. What did you make of it? I I probably don't think it's as open as um, other people, Cat. I said on the last um, show on the pen last week that I've just become an unabashed fan of Eileen Bale and suggested that if it was an all-in market there last week that the guy should get involved. Um, her performance to run second at Baby JC in the heat I thought was astronomical. Um, she comes up with a red in the final. She's got Guelph drawn outside of her, who does have pace, but not a mad railer. And Baby JC will put enough pressure on Guelph earlier that I think Eileen will just camp on them. And I think she'll win. Tab went up 460. I think it's about $3 now, which is probably nearer her true price cap. But just given the early liability, traders might just take a few risks with her closer to race time, so you might get a bit better. And we'll skip ahead to Saturday night, starting off at Wentworth Park. It's going to be a really good card of racing there at Wenny. Uh, we spoke to Alan Hilzinger before. 11 finals, minimum $10,000 to the winner in each of those. Um, Christmas gift is probably the main race on the card. Uh, you've got good odds, Emma, drawn in box one. She's the favourite. Uh, Zipping Novak was absolutely brilliant last week, and he's drawn the two. Well, very modestly, you haven't mentioned the fact that you've got a runner as well uh, in the third race, Belmont Bullet, running around for 10K there. So, what box did he get? 
He's got the three. Oh, that's good. So not too bad. <laughs> um, and just quickly scanning through the race, some of the other main hopes are drawn wide, so it's not too bad for him there. Um, yeah, the contrast uh, on the map in the Christmas gift is quite stark, isn't it, Kat? You look at it, we've got so many strong dogs, um, you know, a couple of speed dogs and not too many dogs in the middle there. I would have thought that Emma will do enough to certainly hold the dogs drawn around her. And we saw that she did enough to lead Coast Model recently at Dapto. So if she was able to find the bunny there, um, she'd be really, really hard to run down. I wouldn't want to see Zipping Novak or um, Alabama Kyrgios parked right behind her. But I think she's likely to be a little bit better Um than last week, you would think. I think mean, logic would dictate that. She was on the quick backup, obviously, and I was fortunate enough to go to Andy's place on Friday and saw her, and she was as fresh as a daisy, put on a good bit of weight, so she'd recovered well from Dapto, but naturally she's going to be better with a longer break. One of the races I'm really keen to see on Saturday night, and there won't be a market out yet, but is the Christmas Dash. Some really good short-course sprinters going around in that, and I think one that might be a little bit under the radar is Sassy Miss Minx. I know her particularly well from up in the Hunter Valley region, and uh, I don't think that they could match her on her early splits. I know she is a wide runner, but, um, you know, like she she might be one that can fly under the radar in that race. Yeah, well, it's a good point you make about her because she's going to hold the key to the race. Um, like I can imagine that Sue Smith with Vermoose wouldn't be really pleased to see her drawn outside of Sassy Minx. Um, look, if she doesn't win it, then it's... I, I think it's a, a race where you can the reasons you just put forward make a really strong case for boxes one and two because they're just going to get a world-perfect run here. Mm-mm. Now, also on Saturday night, the Phoenix down in Melbourne. You're, you're already down there. You went to the box draw on yep. Sunday. How is it down there this week? Uh, it's. Um, I've got to say, it's the anticipation really grown since Sunday. Even, I think, the contrast from last year to this year um, is quite stark. And I think Stiffy hit on it a little bit in his interview. I know we haven't gone completely away from the corporates, but having a few of those um, individuals, if I can put it that way, getting involved with Peter Sadler, obviously, and his group, Marty and his group, there was a good turnout at the box draw, um, and I suspect there's going to be an even better turnout on Saturday night. I was only talking to my brother about it, actually, at um, at breakfast. The way the guys at the Meadows have set it up this year, it's, um, each of the groups are getting a marquee, and I think every group's going to have a minimum 60, 70-odd people there. So I reckon it's going to be like a, almost like a soccer environment. Um, I, I think this could be one of the best atmospheres on a greyhound track in many, many years. And I know you said last year's Phoenix was... Uh, was that, that you'd never experienced yep. an atmosphere like that. I think this year's race is arguably a better field, and um, I, it's even more interest, I guess, the sad news that Plaintiff had to come out to be Tesla goes in. What did you make of his addition, I guess, from Pearl's perspective? Yeah, I look devastating, first of all. Um, thoughts, obviously, with, with Plaintiff's connections. It's it's gut-wrenching, but look, I did touch base with Shara, and like she said, at least, at least she still got him, and that's the main thing. Um, in terms of Pearl... Okay, yeah, look, it probably takes a bit of the heat out of the map, doesn't it? Um, I would agree with Stiffy that at the moment it looks like there's really only two hopes of leading. If Pearl steps like she normally does, she'll hold the top. But um, look, Patty can come out in low flat five, so she will need to, to step and hold her spot. And then it is just a matter of how far we're all in front of Amron Boy, I think, the way he's going. I do give El Dorado a sneaky chance. I think they just pop markets back up with Tabber. He's about a $12 chance. We could absolutely recommend someone or anyone had something on him. But, um, yeah, look, in terms of Pearl, it probably gives us um, 
yeah, it probably gives us a better chance of, of finding an easier lead now with plaintiff coming out, that's for sure. It's going to be a big, big night down there at the Meadows on Saturday night. You're trackside with Jason Adams on Saturday, yep. but you're also trackside today at the Meadows. We've got the final episode of the Catching Pen for the year. It's going to be a, a good one. We've got a few good guests coming on to have a chat about their chances in the in the race. Yeah, we've got a few good guests and Mark Olmos. Um, so <laughs> no chance he'd be listening to this. Um, no, it's going to be a great show. And I say this all the time, and um, I, I think it, it comes out in the wash, Cat. When we have these um, these live on track shows, when we've got the guests with us, the show flows a lot better and it, it tends to be um, a lot more conversational, a lot more fun. So I'd be disappointed if we don't have a bit of fun today. And I guess I asked Alan Hilsinger before just to reflect on 2022 as a year. This time of year, it's normally traditionally slowing down, but if anything, it just seems to be getting crazier and it doesn't really stop because in January, we've got three Group 1s at Wentworth Park, I think two weeks into the new year and then onto the Queensland Carnival. But if you could reflect on how 2022 has been, yourself as an owner, um, being on track to commentate all these big races, what have you thought of it? Uh, look, from a personal perspective, I mean, it's clearly been my um, greatest year of owning any sort of greyhounds or horses, that's for sure. Uh, look, I'd been a part-time owner until now. The story's well documented. Mostly just raced dogs with my with my grandfather that he bred. So, um, you know, they were Potspark dogs at best, cat, Mossvale dogs. Um, but, yeah, the ride with Pearl's been astonishing. And best of all, and Joe summed it up, it's, Look, it's one thing to win a race when you're on the dog on your own, but when you're there with your mates and you're celebrating, that's, it, it's a, it adds a different dimension. Um, so the ride with Pearl's been stunning. The Emma win on Thursday had a little bit more significance, just as, it's, again, Joe touched on because of, um, well, for me, getting Daff involved, who's been a little bit of a mentor to me over the years, and, and obviously we're on the ride with him at the moment. And we've got some good news with his health recently, which is outstanding. Um, but yeah, on reflection, I don't know how I could ever improve on it. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a big, big week this week and Team Tab are right behind. She's a pearl. So hopefully she can uh, make it an even better year uh, to send out 2022 in the right style. Yeah, absolutely. Look, she'll, she'll do us proud. That's for sure. Don't worry about that. Thanks for joining us, Jace. Thanks, Kat. That was Jason Lincoln to go through the features for this week. Uh, that wraps up Going Greyhounds. We're going to have another quick break and then back to Dave Stanley.